0: Twenty somethings who are either married or in committed relationships who say their unions are more secure and more honest
1: because they don't believe in monogamy.
0: I just took off my clothes, talking
1: about swinging or as it's known now, living in the lifestyle. We're gonna have to give you some quinadin. Technically an orgy requires a minimum of six participants.
0: This is a new generation of swingers. Waves
1: have been coming at you on Friday, Saturday, by Sunday, your nuts gonna be oh, God. Oh. 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 oh! 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 Hi everyone, welcome to Swinging Around, the sex positive podcast about swinging and sex. I'm Danny. I'm Heidi. So what do we have today?
0: Today we have squirting. Female ejaculation, gushing. Any of the above, all of the above, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, that's
1: our main topic today. Um, But first, what do we have uh, lifestyle chat-wise? So,
0: I wanted to remind the listeners that we are going to Desire Resorts in November of this year. If anyone wants to join us, we are actually going to be joining another podcast that's hosting um, the Desire Trip. Uh, If you haven't heard of them before, it's... um, Life on the swing set. God, I drew a blank for a second there. Um, we're going with with that group, but there's some swinging around listeners that are going to, and highly recommend you go if you're you've been on the fence about whether or not you want to go to Desire. If you've kind of thought about it and you weren't sure, now is your chance because there's going to be some people that you you may know. You know, easy easy opportunity to make a friend. So highly recommend it. And uh, yeah.
1: Mhm. Mhm. So it'll be it'll definitely be a good fun time.
0: Absolutely, it will. Then the other piece is that we have a couple of board games from Triple X Truth or Dare that we are going to hold a contest for our listeners to win. So why don't you talk about it, Danny?
1: Yeah, well, we um, have we were lucky enough to be sent a few games to give away from the folks at Triple X Truth or Dare Games, and their website is
0: triplextruthordare.net, and they do games and apps. Yeah, for they have, swingers and for couples.
1: They have an Android app. I believe they have an iPhone app, or they used to, and Apple shut them down for being too risque. So.
0: And they're actually starting a, a new 52-week app that's got different challenges for couples to do to try and keep your sex life challenging and fun and exciting.
1: And they also have, I believe they have a, a version that's playable on the web, correct?
0: Yes, they do. So if you're a, an Apple connoisseur, you can still access their, their stuff.
1: Yeah, and so we will be giving those away. We have two board games to give, truth or dare.
0: Yep. I'm actually I've got one of them open over here. I'm looking at it. And uh,
1: It's a pretty hot it's a pretty hot board game Yeah, The board itself, the board itself is, is a
0: huge naked woman, tits to poon. So it's like the torso of a woman, real woman, it's it's a, it's an image. And she's kinda wet, like glistening, and you can see your tits. All the way to the open Poon. It's it's hot. Nice little shaved punani.
1: Yeah. And so how can you win these magnificent board games you okay. ask? How could you be lucky enough to have um to have swinging around send you one of these games for free? Well, we've mentioned on the show before that we have a, a voicemail line where you can call and leave us a line and as of and to date there's been very few that have left. It makes us sad. It does. It does. So, to win a, a board game, you will need to call in and leave a voicemail. Now, you don't have to worry. If you don't want it to be played on air, just mention that um, in the voicemail. Or shoot us an email afterwards mm-hmm. and let us know that it, you don't want it to be played on air.
0: Not a problem um, with that. You can, if... you can use a fictitious name. You can call from whatever phone number you want. Not to worry. Mm-hmm. Your phone number will remain anonymous. Other... We won't do anything with it. I don't even think we'll know what it is because it's just a voicemail that Yeah, comes but in otherwise
1: through. we will potentially play it or maybe not. We don't... We're not guaranteed, but if they're hot and sexy enough, then... We will play it on air unless you specify otherwise.
0: And that's where you say, well, Danny, what should I call and say on this voicemail?
1: You can call and say anything you want. You can call and leave us a sexy story, a hot, sexy story to get us and our listeners going and definitely get us going. Hell, um, you
0: could record yourself having sex.
1: Oh, yeah. That'd be really that hot. That would that'd be hot. To have a, just a, a recording you on could, while you you're having sex. You could leave us a
0: dirty joke. I I enjoy a good dirty limerick every now good and then as well. <laughs> you once knew
1: a man from Nantucket no um you can call them funny story
0: i really did know a man from nantucket
1: did you no (laughs) bazinga bazinga (laughs) um but you can just call and say hi if you want to just say hi you listen to the podcast and you're a listener and you just want to say hi and maybe Uh,
0: you'll be lucky enough and be the only one who calls in and you'll win by default
1: (laughs) um so yeah, you have to call in to win a copy of the board game. So
0: what number do I call?
1: I don't remember. You have to... <laughs> it's
0: 415-7-SWING-7. And I don't know what the actual numbers for swing are because I don't have them memorized and I don't have a phone with me. But it's 7-SWING-7. 415 415- 415 7 swing seven. It goes right to a voicemail. You'll know it's us because you'll hear us on the voicemail. No, no phone's gonna ring. No one's gonna answer it. You, you don't have to, to hear worry about any awkwardness. You get to hear
1: Heidi's sexy greeting for That's you. That's right.
0: I did record the greeting. We did. It's been yeah, a while. we
1: had. At first, it was me on there. Um, yeah, no one
0: wants to listen to but you. Then we, but they then all th- want the sexy. Yeah, me. we
1: figured if anybody is gonna call in, they're going <laughs> to hear a hot, sexy, voluptuous, sexy curvy.
0: I, I don't know that I would qualify as <laughs> voluptuous, but. Sexy. I'll take that.
1: You did just find out. Well, we don't. <laughs> we don't need to go into it. You, you, you found out something different about different about yourself.
0: Well, I I, I went into Victoria's Secrets to buy a new bra. Not that our listeners really care, but it had been a while since I'd been measured since having the baby, and wow, was I not wearing the right bra size. Let's just say that.
1: Yeah, well, You had to go up a few cup sizes. I
0: did. Yeah, that's kind of a pleasant surprise. But I it's have to but admit. it's
1: interesting the way women's bras work though because. Your cup size wasn't exactly right for yeah, you. Yeah, well, the cup size went up you were but the compensating strap by, size went down. So, yeah, you were you compensating know. by making the strap size bigger. It's just interesting because even Hey, the, it
0: it the bra size improved in the way I'd want. Thinner around at the bigger cup size who doesn't want that? Women's you know? <laughs> clothing.
1: well, yeah, now you can say, well, i the bigger cup size. But women's clothing <laughs> in general is, is Yeah, I know it crazy. perplexes you. Well, it doesn't even- perplex numbered, me. I even get numbered it. sizes and... I get it, but it's 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 uh it's crazy the lengths that women go to not actually know what their true measurements are. I mean, men... In the
0: United States, in, in in Europe, I believe clothing sizes are different. Men's clothes, shoe it's sizes easy. Are your, your,
1: your pant size... I mean, your shirts are small, medium, large, extra large, and your pant size goes by... Is length and waist. I... Oh,
0: women's shirts run in, in sizes like but men's then, too. Yeah. I... Although sometimes like some some like dress shirts or, or like suit coats, those run in sizes like pants. Dude. And so
1: women's women's clothes is just weird, but um yeah, it's it's funny. You're the size you're Wouldn't wearing. Wouldn't it be
0: interesting if men's underwear came by penis length? Now that would be interesting.
1: Package what about, what about big balls?
0: Oh yeah, that's true. So I guess it would have to be like overall volume of package, like penis and balls.
1: Well, sometimes it's tight. Sometimes, like, if... You're packing some heat there. Sometimes if you don't have the right size. I mean, I know that I have a couple Because, like,
0: waist size and package size are not necessarily correlated. So what if you're a fat man, but you have a small package? Are you just going to have some, like, loose fabric in there? Like, guys who have no ass have, like, the loose fabric in the ass? Yeah, yeah. Well, that looks weird they should be package sized <laughs> I waste think, and package size
1: I think I've heard that very like like, condoms you ex- have
0: sized condoms
1: I think I've heard that expensive um, really expensive underwear um, some company that does come size like that I heard, not I heard the that fruit on, of the
0: loom stuff we buy I heard
1: that on the radio not that long ago um, that just
0: reminds me of the the pair of color the package of colored underwear you bought the other day.
1: Oh yeah, with not the, the like, best. The brightest
0: I purple and brightest green I have ever seen. Like you, I just you put those the... on and you look. Uh.
1: I just went for the cheap six pack from from uh, Target and. <laughs> yeah.
0: The yeah. colors were were not manly, for yeah. men's underwear.
1: They were so those are, those are regulated to workout workout underwear.
0: Yeah, so. I didn't know you did that. Who else oh. is looking at your underwear? You could wear those. Underwear. I don't know.
1: You always make fun of me. So I, I do. just wear them for workouts, and they then, look good on you, though. They, and then they, they make get ass, put right in right? the laundry because I get sweaty after, you know. They got to go, they got to go in the laundry. But you know about our clothes. So any more lifestyle chat to talk that, about?
0: That's all I got.
1: All right. So to circle back, and if, we need
0: to. We're gonna have some sexy news sometime soon too. I think there's there's been some sexy news that we haven't talked about. So sometimes soon we need to
1: do some sexy news. I'm thinking. Yeah. So to circle back, if, um uh w- uh compete to win a couple of well one one version of triple x truth and air the board game all
0: right seven, swing seven
1: all right so let's get into we don't have any other lifestyle chat today no. do we no, i don't think so so let's get right into the show first i want to mention that this is part one of a two-part episode mm-hmm. and it's funny because we've already recorded part two we did part two is going to be an interview well not really an interview, it's an interview it's more interview, of just a discussion a, yeah a, a discussion with um john and sheila who we actually were was our very first swing on the lifestyle interview
0: episode 22 check them out if you haven't listened to it yeah they're check fun. out
1: that check out that episode. It's they're a great are, episode they're a very fun couple um so we sat down, and well, we didn't, we, not in person, but we had a conversation with them about squirting, and lots it's, of interesting it's funny discussion. Beca- it's funny because we're doing this one first because this is some general history, some some things that we've learned about uh, female ejaculation slash squirting slash gushing, whatever you want to call it. There's things that we've learned. Doing more more research than we even knew when we recorded that episode, so that episode is going to come out second. So that episode yeah. will come out in a couple of weeks. But it's funny because number one, we talk about recording this episode, um, yeah, the in part that one. Episode. So that's that's kind of funny. You get to hear you get to hear that talk about, talking about recording this episode. Number two is you'll hear us be a little m- more naive than we are in this episode. Yep. So...
0: Yeah, we might be a little bit more vague on the details or a little uncertain about some of the things that we say. And that's just because we recorded that episode before. We'd really, truly committed the time to, to do the research. We'd started looking into things a little bit, but hadn't really delved into the, the full science of screen. And you'd say, well, why? If you recorded that one first and you didn't know anything, why are you publishing them out of order? It made more sense to us... To talk about the history of squirting and the the myths and kind of the mystery and the legend and all the sciencey stuff behind it, and then talk about the personal experiences. That's just kind of the order of things that yeah, we thought it made se- sense. It makes sense. But the way and the cards fell, we had to record our discussion with John and Sheila first.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's some of the background. And I wanted to know because we haven't, me and you haven't even talked about this is. You were the catalyst you wanted to uh, do this episode of this series of episodes, mm-hmm. and I'm curious about why because you don't squirt we've, or I haven't you haven't yet it's not fair
0: to say don't but haven't
1: well you haven't yet um and so so and, I'm, and and we've tried and we actually talk about that in the interview with John and Sheila, so yeah. you get to hear about that, but I'm curious why you wanted to do this episode in particular,
0: so we have a uh couple of friends that we're we're good friends with in the lifestyle and one of whom squirts and I think I even mentioned this in in that episode and she has particular feelings about squirting and a particular attitude about it and we've met other people who squirt other women and they've got different attitudes and just after having experiences with different people who do squirt it just kind of got me thinking like number one why do women do it and number two like what are the general uh, thoughts and feelings of different women and how to, how do people feel about it men and women and then we've gotten some listener questions about it too and I've felt uh, unable to adequately respond to those questions because I don't squirt so it's kind of a few different things number one is my own curiosities number two is just wanting to understand our friends feelings and thoughts and perspectives on this particular topic in the lifestyle and number three is why there's listeners who want to know about it. So if it's a topic that listeners are interested in, hell, I'm, I'm willing to talk about it and find out and put the research into it to educate myself and provide some good content. So all, all of those things um, kind of led to me wanting to do this episode, a couple of episodes. And another thing about it, too, is just that I think it's interesting, I'm just squirting. I didn't know anything about it. I knew women could do it. I've had a friend... From high school, well actually we've been friends forever, but anyway I've had a friend that I've known could squirt for a long time, well before I was even in the lifestyle, and I was just kinda like, Oh my god, you do that but I had never given any thought to it. So mm-hmm. this was the catalyst to me actually taking the, the time to learn about it.
1: Alright. Well, let's let's get into it then. So what did you find? Or what did we find? Mostly you. You did the research and you told me what to read and <laughs> um so it, it was mostly you. So I'll I'll let you take the lead well, on most of this.
0: In in looking into squirting, I'm gonna let everyone know that I'm not going to pretend to be any kind of an expert. I read some art, I've read some websites. I've read some articles, and I've read some journal articles. But I can't claim to have read even you know the smallest percentage of information that's out there. So we, um, we did, I want to throw that out there and just let it be known. We're not purporting
1: to be experts by any means. This well, is first just our, of all. I don't think that gives me that gives me to one point. I don't know if there's anybody who's an expert. Yeah, I, I definitely could, got that. Just we just it's still very the phenomenon of female ejaculation slash squirting slash gushing or whatever it's called because there is no consensus either in the scientific mm-hmm. community or that's in, kind
0: of the first thing you figure out or
1: in, like in sex communities. There's very or, few con- or just in consensus. discussion about it. Is there isn't there isn't a consensus on what it's called? Um... Number one, but number two is there's 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 a lack of research on it, and we talked about this. We talk, we talked about sex research in our Masters of Sex episode a little bit. Yeah, and and, and yet another, and I want to have a full episode just yes. on sex research in general, but there hasn't been much, and so you have to try to dig through. And we read some peer-reviewed journal articles, and there isn't much, especially. I'm I was surprised the lack of. What's been done in the United States? Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, oh yeah,
0: it's, there's very, very little the few research articles, done in the, the, the United few, States. The
1: few peer-reviewed journal articles that we found
0: that are conducted actually by like sexologists, like researchers with yeah. PhDs. Because I did see a few. Uh, I did come across a few articles that were done by like psychologists.
1: Yeah, I read. There was one that there was one that I read earlier tonight that was by a psychologist, but she also had. I believe it was a female, but she they had a PhD and um, um, a PhD in psychology, and she worked as a sex therapist. But they
0: were talking about physiology, and so I feel like there's still a disconnect. Well, between education and background well, yeah, but and... there's
1: also there's disciplines there's there's subsects of psychology that are, yeah, deal with that
0: are health related. That, that is true. I
1: mean, quite a few are. I mean, there's a lot are um, actually, and more and more. It's more and more. I mean, it's, it's no secret that the link between the brain and the body. And so there's cognitive psychologists who mm-hmm. really study the brain to find out what's going on because everything, the whole of human existence happens in your brain. And so it takes a psychologist to, with medical knowledge. You know, it takes somebody who has, who can bridge that gap to, mm-hmm. to, to deal with this. But um, so the journal the articles that we found um were a couple from mexico a, um, a couple articles from mexico a lot of slavic
0: ones yes, or yes. E- eastern european a lot of e- most of the research that we found was was from eastern european countries
1: yeah it seems as though um it seems as though american uh american um the medical community has shied away from it or it's just that avenue of sex research that really hasn't been delved into yet
0: yeah so of course i did what everybody does when they're intrigued by something and they want to know the answer they type it into google so that was my first place when i started doing research and i came across the wikipedia article which i actually think does a good job of pulling together source sources of information from from multiple places did and you type it all... into google
1: or did you just search directly in wikipedia
0: no, I typed it into Google. I never go to Wikipedia direct. I type it into Google. Well, I don't go into Wikipedia At, direct.
1: I was just curious because quite often, like you know, up in the um, the search bar, yeah. you can search specific search engines. Usually, it's the default is set to Google. But if you just, it's just a drop down menu. I will quite often just not drop on my ta- tablet. Oh yeah, I'll just usually drop that down to Wikipedia, bypass the Google step.
0: I don't do that because I want to see what is Google's number one web page for me to go to. Sometimes it's Wikipedia. Sometimes it isn't. True. Sure. So sure. anyway. I read the Wikipedia page, and I actually highly recommend you read the Wikipedia page on female ejaculation if you're curious, because I think that page does a good job of compiling information. Now, we went outside of the Wikipedia page to, to pull more information, and, and we read some of the articles cited on the Wikipedia page, but that's a good first step for sure. Um, and kind of what I found was that female ejaculation or wording, there's three kind of threads, like three main topics that people are talking about. When you look up female ejaculation, there's the source and the composition. So where exactly is the liquid coming from and what is in the fluid? We know it's fluid, obviously, but what are the like physiological components of that fluid? Then there's um, kind of how...
1: I, before we move on, can I just point out that I just read an article yesterday. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I just I skimmed an article yesterday that we've mapped all of the proteins in the human body um all of them every single protein that's pretty
0: awesome that's a lot of protein
1: yeah i i saw that article yesterday and um we still don't know exactly where the fluid that we can see coming out of a human body we still don't <laughs> know exactly where it's coming from or well what's going because on.
0: it happens during an act of sex
1: so okay just just go on i just wanted to yeah, point yeah no out.
0: i know that's uh, it's interesting we'll talk about that so so there's source and composition then there's the relationship of you know how that fluid comes out why it comes out um, and how that's related to the sex act and then there was also some theories about squirting and how it relates to female sexuality i actually came across some like early theories nothing from no recent research but some early theories from 50s 60s that linked squirting or female ejaculation to homosexuality and they thought, or homosexuality and or um, sexual dysfunction. So I thought that was interesting. So there's, there's kind of like, like when you look into the research, most of the research from the present day stems about uh, around like composition and source of, of the liquid. But um, a lot of the more theoretical stuff from, uh, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, it relates back to uh, sexual disorders and sexual dysfunction, which is interesting. Well, yeah,
1: because I... Th- it kind of makes sense. Number one, the, th- the 50s and 60s is right when sex research was getting going. That's when Kinsey got going and Mashers and Johnson. And by the way, we can get that off the table right now, is that they, the big sex researchers that are famous, Kinsey, Mashes, and Johnson, mm-hmm. are yep. the primary famous... The, the, from the U.S. Yeah, from the U.S. Um, they said that they never directly observed um, female ejaculation, that they... Put it in the um, the myth category. Slash, it's just urine. It... Yep,
0: yep. They related it back to urinary stress stress incontinence and called it an erroneous concept.
1: But very, I mean, it. it, it now, doesn't...
0: now there are, is a lot of research that that claims that women who um, release large volumes of fluid could potentially have a form of urinary stress incontinence where the the bladder the, the ureth- urethral sphincter actually relaxes. Even though the bladder itself is closed, the urethral sphincter can relax during orgasm and cause this release of like a very, very diluted version of urine. And that hypothesis has not been wholly disproven.
1: No, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, it hasn't. Um, but it, it doesn't surprise me that the hypothesis from the 50s and 60s was that it was some sort of a sexual disorder or something that was wrong because there's just the 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 sexual I- ignorance was rampant yeah. around that time just what's just in general mm-hmm. i mean that just just in all aspects of sexuality and so it was something that definitely was not talked about and so it yeah. was thought to be odd and different and what do we do as humans when something's odd or different we label it as weird wrong. and dysfunctional perverse.
0: yeah so that i i took some notes about the history Uh, and of how female ejaculation has been documented throughout history human history i kind of wanted to walk through it because it's interesting to see this progression so um some some work that was found from the 16th to the 18th century has reported female liquids being released during coitus so as far back as the 16th through 18th centuries female ejaculation or some version of it has been documented And that was, it was done by um, the Bartholin family in Denmark. And there's actually a gland down there named for that family that that discovered it. So even long ago, when people were observing sex and learning about sex, they were open enough to document that, yeah, there's, there's this potential release of fluid that happens during coitus. And so then if we keep moving forward and we go into the 17th century, um... Reiner de DeGraff identified the source of the liquid as coming from glands, and he said that um, it reports that the function is believed to be similar to the male prostate, um, but he couldn't 100% differentiate the fluid released as being different from female lubrication that's released prior to sex. So he's noting, yes, after sex or towards orgasm or sometime during sex there's this fluid release, but he also had noted that there is vaginal lubrication that happens. But that's even as early as the 17th century. Um, and, and at that point, they were saying it's similar to the male prostate. So linking it back, yes, women don't have a prostate, but maybe this is still something that might be kind of like the, the man's prostate. So now we're in the 19th century, late 19th century, 1886. Kraft and Ebbing do a study on sexual perversion. And at this point, they describe female ejaculation as a perversion or related to homosexuality. In 1906, Freud relates uh, female ejaculation to a form of hysteria. And now we've gone from, back in the day, originally recording and discussing female ejaculation and just being intrigued to now, here we are in the early 1900s, already linking it as a uh, female sexual dysfunction so it's just interesting to me how humans have gone from being intrigued and interested and then closed minded
1: well it's 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 interesting but unsurprising to me just because yeah. that's just human, human nature and Freud I've studied quite a bit of psychology and Freud had some good ideas that we still that are some good concepts that are relevant today especially his ideas about um you know the ego and the superego and our and our primal instincts or primal but but in general his views on sexuality were i think completely off um Mm -hmm. i pretty much when it comes to freud and sexuality i just dismiss everything Mm -hmm. there's it's it, nothing about it is like the um, the female penis envy, um, all of it. I, I I just dismiss everything about Freud when it comes to sexuality. Um, so so that's my note on that. So what do we got? What do we so, got? So so in
0: 1948, Huffman, who is an American gynecologist, if you notice, a lot of the early work was done in in Europe. But now I'm I'm kind of jumping forward in in time to some American work. Um, Huffman published a study of what he was calling prostatic tissue in women in a historical account. And that was really the first detailed drawings of the um, what are now called skeins glands and some periurethral tissue, which is actually thought to be um, essentially like a female version of the prostate. So it was in, in 1948 is essentially when the first kind of like anatomical drawings were coming out to really look at Female anatomy and the the area of the vagina and the vulva that might actually be producing the the squirting material. And then in 1950, um, there was an essay by Graftenberg, who is famous for identifying the female G spot. He's the guy who's, who the G spot's actually named after. Um,
1: Graftenberg and the G spot. Yep. Forever linked.
0: <laughs> um, his observations on women during orgasm. He said, quote it swells out greatly at the end of orgasm occasionally the production of fluids is profuse and guess what these papers were largely ignored by masters and johnson and kinsey so these papers came out right that- around just just before the masters and johnson and kinsey work was being started and but they're disregarded so well, i
1: was it dis- was it disregarded immediately by them or was it disregarded after years of research i don't know because um if, if if
0: it's hard to say if they were observed off or not. sex
1: that they had watched. They watched a lot of, they observed a lot of sex and if they never actually witnessed it Well they
0: might have witnessed it or, and wrote it off as being a, a bladder thing. That's the thing is we don't that's, know that's we don't true. know if they witnessed it and were closed minded just to think that oh she peed herself or or if they just didn't witness it at all. I would be hard pressed to believe that they didn't witness it at all. With all the sex that they watched, I mean they watched Hundreds of people, hundreds of couples having sex. I imagine that there had to have been somebody. I've, I've in the papers that I've read, there's a statistic that could, says it, it's anywhere from six percent to fifty percent of the female population. That's a huge range, first yes, of all, which exactly. goes to tell you how little we know about this this phenomenon, and and also how ill-defined it is to say squirting, um, because from our experiences, there's nowhere near fifty percent of women who squirt. But if women release fluid, but it's not in like a massive quantity that you might not notice, then I could buy fifty percent because I know after I orgasm I get extremely wet,
1: but I yeah. don't squirt.
0: I don't, you know, but I I definitely get a, a big increase of fluid production.
1: Yeah, and and we're still working our way up through the the research that you've that you've outlined, but in in, in talking to people and it's the the general um. Conception of those that do squirt, or those that are familiar with individuals that squirt, is that this isn't that it's not urine. Um, it doesn't smell like urine. It doesn't stain the bed sheets yellow. Mm-hmm. There's no yellow associated with it. But the research, the 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 sparse research that there is, suggests that that might not be the case. That it actually might be urine. Or, or coming, very, very, coming from the bladder. Coming
0: from the bladder does not necessarily mean urine. No, it,
1: it, coming from the bladder doesn't mean urine. Yep. And
0: there's there's there are several papers out there that have identified no urea and no creatine in urine, which are the primary components of urine, what make it smell, what give it its yellow color. And there are some papers out there that say, yeah, we did find those components. We found urea, but it was yeah. in a really, really dilute exactly. quantity.
1: Exactly. The, the article that I read this, um, this evening... Um, was interesting because it, it differentiated between squirting and female ejaculation mm-hmm. and squirting was and that's another issue with paper is is that the papers on the papers on this phenomenon aren't I don't feel like they're as rigorous as I feel like they should or they don't define their I don't think that they have oh, I
0: totally agree. There defined, isn't a good definition of female ejaculation Well, yeah, because even the paper
1: that was talking about what well, we differentiated between squirting and female ejaculation, it, it didn't exactly describe—it it was still a little vague in terms yeah. of what they were calling squirting and what they were calling female ejaculation. And but it, it seemed to be location
0: to be, of where the liquid is coming from. I think that's how they isolated paper, it differently. And
1: I tend, as you should, I think, to put more emphasis on— newer articles mm-hmm. um in the medical community yep. you just should in general i mean doctors shouldn't take be taking advice from articles written 15 years ago if there's new papers that contradict that and new research and if the m- metho- lots of it. if
0: the methodology is improved in the assays well, yes. and the analytical and methods are sound and I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of valid research that's old you know but. there's
1: a lot but newer studies should confirm it yes um,
0: Confirm, improve, upon, approve. I mean, it could improve.
1: be a, a selection bias on my part, but I always put more emphasis on newer articles in general. Yeah. Now, I did um, read
0: some older articles because I wanted to see what the train of thought was, though. But, yeah, I me mean, too. I read some articles from me the too. 80s and some abstracts from the 70s. The one from
1: 2011 was a... a 2013, I actually think. No, oh, I think that one was 2011. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe, maybe it was 2013, I guess. I mean, even newer. But it... The they they define female or they define squirting as from what I had to gather on my own was a large release of fluid mm-hmm. and then female ejaculation was and this is where I wasn't I and they
0: differentiated between the composition of the liquids and kind of the viscosity yeah, but I, and the I, I color and
1: I couldn't differentiate or I couldn't figure out exactly where or when they collected what they were calling the female ejaculate um, I think they were calling what we would all traditionally call squirting. Yeah, squirting, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the large release of liquid. Right. Um,
0: generally clear.
1: Yeah, generally clear. And this, they actually, that's where they found um, traces of, I, I, I don't believe that they found uh, the uric acid that you'll often find in the urine, but I think that they did find other byproducts that you'll find from the bladder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it seemed as though it could be related to, Bladder function, but they also said it could be related to the stimulation of the female, the female prostate, which I think we'll get into more discussion about that in a little mm-hmm. bit. But um, and then the, but they
0: also did stress that although there might be components of urine in it, that it wasn't. It was very different from the composition. Well, of it urine. was incredibly. So like, like they Mine let it I be understand... known, like these, like the woman who is squirting is not peeing. Well, but it could be See, coming from a similar location. It could be coming from.
1: And it was ex- extremely diluted. So, is it just semantics if you're saying it's extremely diluted pee? I mean, if it's
0: but I feel like it has to have all the components of pee to be pee. It might be like semi
1: pee. <laughs> um, and then the female ejaculate was related much more to um, uh, the um, glands, m- male male semen in terms of its of its makeup. It yeah. had uh, it had the sugars in there, the fructose and the glucose. Um, of the liquid portion of male semen. Mm-hmm. and it was a more of a milky, milky color, yep, and versus, they also they also what found... they're calling the squirting liquid was very clear, very watery. Yep.
0: and they found prostate specific antigen, pSA, which is a protein that's only made by male prostate tissue. but hmm, a woman who hasn't had in this particular study, they had a woman who was instructed not to have sex for, I can't remember, it was either two days or five days. Five days. She had to wash before and after, you know, the, the study. Everything they used was sterile techniques, sterile gloves, you know, all that to try and avoid any kind of cross-contamination. She she was uh, mechanically stimulated, and her fluid contains... Um, this prostate-specific antigen, so it contained a protein that's made by prostate cells.
1: Yeah, which so, which, which um, previously were which, thought
0: to be only like yeah, ma- pros- men have prostate, women don't yeah, have prostate. Male,
1: it's a, it's but a, perhaps
0: we do have a version of it similar like tissue, although just not in a specific, you know like like a specific yeah. organ. But and the I don't know man.
1: if if it's correct to say well women have a prostate, or if it's correct to say well male have males. Have an organ? Is the prostate considered an organ or, yeah, or this an organ. or a gland? It's a gland, but is it considered? It's not considered an organ, is it? I don't think it's an organ. I, I thought it was. I think it's a gland. But males have this gland that produced the specific that that we call the prostate, and it produces this specific protein. Yep, it makes and, a liquid. And females have thought to not have that gland and to not have any traces of this particular protein, and so now we're finding that women do have this. Protein in their um, female in ejaculate, their or yeah. And so, is it correct to say they have a prostate, which which all which will, in the way that a male's prostate is their prostate, or is it they have they also have a separate gland, or no, they I, have something? I, I
0: think it's what it's what that it's more
1: produces the same the same protein that we've just called the prostate. Yeah. Uh, what
0: what I think from the research that I've read, it what it appears more to be is that there are cells that behave similarly to the cells of a man's prostate exactly so they're That's forming so they're forming tissues within the female but not necessarily a specific gland but they they're they're found around the
1: periurethral um ducts so there are ducts that are there surprisingly um it has been it's it's thought that the that the uh, the female equivalent of the prostate or the prostate Producing uh, or the prostate, the, the the PSA, the PSA producing glands Sells, are at, are think. are actually um, uh, posterior to the woman. So where where I've always heard where you want to stimulate a woman to make her squirt is if she's lying on her back, you put your fingers in, and very often I've been told because and I've tried this on you, but unsuc- I have been uns- unsuccessful in making women squirt. So it's all. I have to say what I've tried and what other people have told me, but mm-hmm. what I've tried and what people have told me is successful is, you know, putting fingers in and doing sort of a come hither mm-hmm. sort of thing so that way the tip of your finger is going towards what would be up towards out the of the navel, woman, out yeah. of the navel of the woman, so the stomach side, not if you're if the woman's laying lying face down. So it confirmed that at least, that Yeah. That that is, um, I mean, I'm. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of it goes back to a lot of times you'll hear when studies confirm something that everyday knowledge already knows, but you can't truly say something's a fact until it's been scientifically proven, even if it's
0: studied and done in a controlled manner to yeah. confirm the, the hearsay and the rhetoric. But
1: but um, it is interesting that it's slowly starting to come out that females have something that's akin to a prostate or functions. Yeah. I actually don't know the function of the male even I, I don't other than, you know, we always talk about it as being a source of sexual pleasure, I don't know the It provides the, the liquid physiological and biological it function It provides of the, the liquid prostate. for your sperm. Well then if, like that's its only function? The
0: ejaculation liquid. Um I I honestly don't know. I that's that's what I've learned from the anatomy that I've had.
1: Um and so I mean that makes sense that that's going to be producing um this liquid in a in a in a woman. Um Yeah, if, this... it, if it's it's
0: going to produce a liquid that has very similar uh similar composition as what it is in a man. So from the research that I've read, it doesn't seem to be uh there 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 seems to be agreement among the scientific community that women have an area that produces PSA is prostate specific antigen, and that women have cells that are prostate-like tissue. But I don't, I don't think it's a widely used concept.
1: I don't think it's even been accepted. I don't think the general medical community as a whole would agree. There's, there's various studies that say that, but I don't think that it's. I don't think it's
0: been disproven. I guess that's the thing. I think there's been studies to show it, but I don't think, and I don't think there's been any studies to disprove it. But I don't know that it's been widely accepted in research like are they teaching doctors that i don't
1: know exactly that's what but, i don't know if it's still in the 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 hypothetical phase or the or the some studies have found this but it hasn't been highly replicate or replicated and if one study and not, not
0: because people couldn't replicate it it's because people aren't replicating it there's a difference too it's people aren't doing this there's not a lot of people doing this research to corroborate with one another as opposed to people are trying to replicate it and they just can't yeah I, I, it seems as though anybody who's tried to, to find this PSA in women's ejaculate
1: has found it. Yes, if you've gone looking, you found it. But I, you are right though that are in medical school is this just being taught as general knowledge? I don't think it's at that. I don't point know. Yet, I have a friend. Who, I, I, I have a
0: friend who just finished a residency. I'm gonna have to ask. I'm curious. I'm gonna I'm gonna send her an email tonight. Well,
1: it that'll be interesting to hear what she says. Although, depending, I mean, I guess I didn't go to medical school, so I I don't know if. What what is covered in general anatomy or you know general mm-hmm. um, general med courses versus once you start to specialize and, and you know do a residency in a certain specialization and yeah and, um... well her
0: residency has just been general practice internal medicine she hasn't done anything sexually well she did she did do some gynecology work but it's not at her specialty so I'll be curious to see what she says and and what they're learning about but. From the people who've done research into to trying to figure out the mechanism, for the people, the researchers who believe that female ejaculation exists, so that's a subset of, of researchers out there, the general consensus seems to be that stimulation during sex, possibly of the G spot, but not confirmed, can potentially. Wait, wait, wait.
1: Can, can we just call it, can we just always refer to it as the, the, Graften, the Graftenberg spot now? <laughs> always the long form.
0: <laughs> okay. So stimulation of the Grafenberg spot could potentially lead to fluid buildup in the periurethral ducts which could then be released at some point during sexual intercourse through the Skene's glands. That seems to be now that that liquid that we comes We have
1: the the glands are just glands that are that are surrounding the urethra that were just named after... There's,
0: there's two of them, they yeah. Were just, the and if you Wikipedia it, named after the, um, the doo-doo. Found them. Yeah, one of the... Yeah.
1: Because we, we hadn't actually defined if, in our own podcast what skeins glands are Yeah, Thank you. And
0: if you look it up in Wikipedia, there's a picture of a punani and an arrow pointing to the little hole. Now, like women need another hole the in their The other spoon.
1: thing, too, is that is this liquid being expelled from the vagina itself, or is it coming from... The pee hole.
0: Uh, Again, researchers a, don't seem to know which not, hole it's coming out of. Either they don't.
1: Either they. I mean, that's something that could be easily observed. Um, now,
0: in the one it, case study that we read. I didn't see
1: anything. In, that in the case study that we read, out. they
0: tried to isolate the squirting fluid from the ejaculation fluid, and they they did it basically by. Um, yeah, but what is. I don't even, know what, putting, like, around, like, I don't even know what that means. By putting, like, plastic around. I don't even know what that means. it.
1: Because. A lot of times you talk about them as being one and the same, like female ejaculation and squirting are the same thing. But if, yeah. But so with the well, female ejaculate, the is, people, the... Is, is that just your personal lubrication? And so we're talking about when that's excessive and it's just excessively wet to where possibly dripping or See, versus squirting. Which all is... the
0: research that I've read is differentiated between female, female lubrication in the beginning of intercourse when, when the woman's getting turned on. They've, they... Everything I've read is differentiated and said that we know that that's different from what's happening like mid to the end of sex. So I don't even know. Which even, may or may not be associated with an organism. I,
1: I guess I truly don't know what female ejaculation, as defined by some of these articles, means. Because no. I know what squirting... I mean, just because I think they defined it badly, and we are trying to decipher what they mean. Because yeah. squirting... When, and in my when head, they,
0: I'm going based on volume. Like, when
1: they call it squirting, it's what I think of as squirting... And so, what what is the female ejaculate then, in terms of what they're calling? If it's not just the wetness, I mean, because this is something that either it's either it's just simply the wetness itself, because it's described as thicker and more mucousy, which I would say the just female lubrication is a little bit thicker or can be viscous. Yeah. Um, but I guess I guess it comes down to I don't know that. In my mind, when Female ejaculation is squirting. So when we're talking... When, when, when we're saying that there's a, a squirting phenomenon and a female ejaculation phenomenon, I actually don't even know what we're talking about when we're talking about the female ejaculation.
0: Yeah, and well, like the one paper that we read is isolating and saying liquid coming from the skin's glands is female ejaculation. And I believe they said it, it's scanty, thick, and a whitish fluid, which they're saying came from the prostate because it's got PSA in it. And then that same paper said... But female squirting, not ejaculate, but the liquid that comes out from squirting, they're saying, is coming from um, some, some kind of urethral-related tissue or the bladder, and that's the, the dilute uh, urine. So it seems as though there's two phenomena.
1: Have you ever even, like, encountered or talked to anybody or even, or just your own, you know, you're a woman, your own personal experience? Like, you don't squirt. You, you don't gush. In terms of, I guess we would define that, or the scientists would define it as squirting. Like you don't squirt, but like, what? Like, what about female ejaculation? I don't, I don't even know. Like, have you ever seen a female ejac- Like, have you ever seen female ejaculate that yet, or, or before, or yourself? Like, have you thought like this? All,
0: all I know, well, and see, I guess that's the the terminology of how we're saying ejaculation. Because when we think of a man, you think of ejaculation, you think of the fluid like coming out with a force. And so, so I think when we're saying, well, the female version in your head, you're picturing liquid like spewing forth from a woman. And I think for me, maybe I do have ejaculation because I know when I come, I get really, really wet down there. That's what I meant, though. Is, but I've never. It's, it's just like, your wetness. I don't notice any. But it's it's, but it's it's not the same as when I'm getting luby, When I'm getting turned on, like it's it's definitely.
1: I I guess I always think about it as oh you're getting wetter. I mean maybe you're.
0: But it's always after I come, like it's always as part of when I come. Like the more I come, the wetter I am. So, like if I'm already coming, why would my body make lube? lube? Like why would yeah. I need more lubrication? I'm well, done. Well, because you're
1: more turned on, just like when a male is about ready to come, but, but you are. will get even harder.
0: That's our justification and more of it. Blood maybe that's rush not, in there. but maybe that's not physiologically what's actually going on. Like we're calling it lube. Maybe that's not what it is. Like we're making we're we're making an assumption by saying oh you're getting wetter it must be more lubricant that might not be the case
1: yeah I I guess part of what it comes down to is a lot of this research cleared up some stuff or was enlightening or I learned some things it also was more confusing on other like like we what I always thought of as be just being one phenomenon just squirting is now broken up into squirting and female ejaculation and female ejaculation is not the same as just The woman getting wet
0: yeah Um, it's it's differentiated from lubricant from the woman getting luby so and i i think part of the problem with some of this research might be that i think the researchers are going into the research with a predetermined goal on what they want to prove like i want to prove that women ejaculate i want to prove that women who squirt are really just having um bladder incontinence i don't know that they're coming into it with and I make I'm I'm assuming here, yeah, but I, see, I, I, I wonder if they're going into it with the open mindedness. of, I just, just want to learn more about this and I think understand you're
1: projecting it. Or, or I don't know. You're just just,
0: just in how I read you, the, the
1: inference because I actually don't get that. From, I
0: do just from the way the articles are written. I get the the inference that these people these researchers are going into it with a we would we're set out to prove this. Now they're not making up the data. I mean the data is what it is, but I feel like they're going in with a little bit of an agenda. Like this, I mean. I say that now when you do a study most of the time you, you do it with a hypothesis a... in mind yeah. not just exploratory
1: well, you never like you you pretty much never will do it without some sort of an expectation now your expectation could be subverted because it comes out completely opposite but you at least had what you had you you had your you had an expectation and either it was met or it wasn't but yeah, Very... is that
0: part of the problem? Well, I don't know. Well, are we going have... in with the wrong hypotheses? You have to
1: have a reason for something. If if you don't have a reason for anything, well, then why are you even do... like like if I don't even have a reason for this, then then chances are I'm not actually yeah. going to even care enough to study it. I mean, if if I don't have an idea of what might be causing mm-hmm. it or or whatnot, um...
0: so I guess my my general opinion is I I think there probably are both phenomenon happening. I think there are probably women who do. Have a lot of volume come out when they when they're having sex, and that perhaps it is uh, some version of of dilute bladder material. And I believe there's probably women out there who have who could also have an equally large volume of liquid that's not dilute bladder material. I think what our problem is likely to be is that there's multiple sources and causes of liquid, and not a big enough sample size to differentiate. Yeah, like, I think that the research just needs to have a larger sample size so that we can separate out like okay, there are women who do this, there are women who do this, there are women who do this, and these are the different causes for all of them. Because my guess is the the actual truth is probably some combination of all of these different theories. Like, they're probably all correct in some way. They're just looking at different women who have different um, physical manifestations, I guess.
1: Yeah, And so I don't really have anything else to say in terms of discussing the various research that we've looked at. Um, But I I do want to say that it's, it's, I think I've mentioned this already before, but it's crazy to me that in 2014, we don't have the answer to this because like, like I said, we can map um, the human DNA. We can, we can map every single protein in the human body. We can look at these things. We can use these telescopes or telescopes, microscopes (laughs) and look at microscopic we can look at the at protein proteins directly, and, and these things that well, are we so can
0: genetically engineer stuff. We can grow an ear on the back of a mouse. I well, know. We,
1: we we do all this crazy stuff, and there's still questions about basic sexuality that aren't answered well, and it, it's basic
0: sexuality has the human factor in it though. What do you have a, to do to study sexuality? You have to study humans having it, sex and how do you do that in a controlled fashion? I mean, it's what Masters and Johnson were well, yeah, trying to do, do years ago. The, how do you do it? How do, do you design in, a study? You
1: do it in a controlled setting in a, in how a laboratory. Do get,
0: how do you get participants but, who want to do this? But regardless like, gotta of that, you got to pay them. I don't, it, there's, no,
1: there, it's hard. It's no, it's very simple, but, in terms of them, in terms of how you'd actually go about doing it, it's very simple. You could give two researchers at a university a million. Well, I mean, million dollars
0: on why women ejaculate is a, a lot of money. money. Things
1: always cost a lot of money, but I mean, you, you you give a couple of researchers a couple of years to work on this, un, unburdened by like they, they they'll design any study they want to with that's scientifically sound
0: the, with IRB approval. The, these
1: questions could be answered so easily, but just researchers and the medical community... Well, there has to be the money to do shy it. ...shy away from it because, number one, it...
0: What's the benefit to society?
1: Exactly, but you can say that about, you know, theoretical physicists. What are they doing? I mean, yeah. what are they doing that's actually impacting day-to-day life? But I guess you, know, you can make, in, you
0: can always make the argument that it's just expanding human knowledge. No, th- no, that's, that, that's, that is my valid point. Argument, that is my yeah. point,
1: that we should... Researchers should be put into that, and we, the... We shouldn't be wondering what's going on with the body. Yeah. Um, and there is
0: a form. I I did come across somebody who had uh, a researcher who had mentioned that there is a form of um, cancer in women that resembles prostate cancer. It's I rare, but I did come across that.
1: I didn't see that. Um, so, do you have anything else? I,
0: no, I, I I think you had an interesting comment. Just interesting commentary on the fact that this phenomenon can be observed in women anywhere from six to 50 percent depending on your definition of squirting and yet there's still researchers and and doctors out there who write it off as a myth or a a legend or you know just not true and it's i find that disheartening for the the day and age that we're in in the state of research like you've mentioned yeah
1: yeah well i for sure we've talked about matches of sex and we've talked about this um It it cements my mind even more that I want to do a more comprehensive episode on the history of sex research. Maybe it's a a series of episodes that are Mm -hmm. focusing on major findings and who found it and what led to the research. Um, That'll take a little bit of time to coordinate and prepare for those episodes, but it makes me, these last few episodes, that have made me for sure want to delve into that more. And as Um, we
0: mentioned in the previous episode, we're going to read Bonk, which does go through a lot of that history um, and a lot of sex research information. So
1: this episode has been a lot more um, scientific, so hopefully we didn't bore those of you out there. And for those of you who are still listening, thanks for sticking all the way to the end of this this uh, podcast. But next podcast, you'll be able to hear a much less scientific discussion, mm-hmm. just a round table fun discussion about squirting um, between us and John and Sheila. And Sheila does squirt, so that's we, we yep. had her on here specifically because... Because of that, and she gives us the insight that mm-hmm. she's we lack. got friends
0: who squirt, and she was yeah. able to provide a, a well-rounded uh, discussion on squirting.
1: So, look forward to that episode coming out in a couple weeks. It'll be the one released right after this episode. And again, we that reco- should
0: be episode. This is episode forty-one, so that should be episode forty-two.
1: But we recorded that episode first, so a lot of the discussion we have—well, not a lot of it—but there's a portion of the discussion where we start talking about. The physiology behind squirting, mm-hmm. and oh, we, you know, yeah, I, I, I think there's things that had we have done all this research, we would have been in, more informed for that discussion. Yep. But
0: you mentioned that earlier, and yeah,
1: listeners so. can bear
0: with it. So, thanks for listening. If you've got questions, comments, you want to uh, discuss more about squirting with us, you can reach us at swingingaround at gmail.com, no G at the end of swinging. You can follow us on Twitter or at around. no G at the end of swinging. Rate us on iTunes. Leave us some feedback, or or Stitcher, or whatever your podcast provider of choice is. We'd love to get some feedback. Um, You can find us on Facebook, and we also have a community through Cassidy. dot com. Don't forget about our contest. Send us a voicemail at four one five seven swing seven.
1: All right, everybody, stay sexy and stay swinging.